everybody welcome to the true crime squad i'm christy brower here with my sister co-host and partner in crime katie weaver hey katie how's it going pretty good how are you i'm good we've had a nice weekend now it's a billion degrees nice outside weekend. so there's that yeah but uh our dear cousin that's more like a little sister to us amy was in town with her awesome husband john on friday night and that was super fun to get to that was get so together nice with to them, them and yeah play games and hang out and then saturday i stayed home and laid low all day just did a lot of creative work and then went and watched softball that night when it cooled down so can't complain about that watch it's interesting to watch games that scott or mars are umpiring mm. it's really different than watching a game your kids playing in to watch a game your kids umpiring <laughs> Sure, sure. Um, and boy, I don't know if it's the heat or what, but holy shit, people were on their worst behavior this weekend. <laughs> oh, I'll bet it was the heat. That field <sighs> where they play is the hottest Place softball Earth. quad we have in this whole area. And it is, ugh, it's the it's worst just, when you have to play there. Yeah, it's just not enough shade, not enough ways to get out of the heat. But yeah, mm. wow. Whew. Anyway, I, I'm nominating them both for sainthood right this very minute but <laughs> they even mars and nicoa kicked a guy out a dad out that was really being belligerent and he refused to leave and they had to go get a representative of the city to make him leave because he was pretty oh, much like gosh. yeah i'm not going anywhere uh do you need the police to haul you off <laughs> like what? who does that right anyway yeah wild stuff but uh we watched the championship games and it was beautiful out by then and gorgeous and nice so yeah and then today it's sunday night now and we went to a gathering mars's best friend is going on a mission for her church for 18 months and getting oh, ready to yes. leave so there was a party for her today so we went to that and you guys listen i don't go to church you know that about me and I was going to go to her church thing, except for that I honestly couldn't come up with a dress. And you're not allowed to wear pants in this church. You have to wear a dress. Oh. And I don't have one. Right? And so I was like, what do I do? I don't, I don't want to buy anything. It's too damn hot. What am I? Anyway, it turns out they stream their services on YouTube. So I'm like, sweet. I'll just watch from home. I'll be so much more comfortable. And then we'll just go to their, their luncheon. Right? So the link I got. I watched and I watched and I watched and I finally texted Mars and said, is there a kid right now talking about going on a trip to Guatemala? And she said, no, Sierra's talking right now. I was watching the wrong damn thing. I went to 30 <laughs> minutes of online church today that I didn't need to go to. <laughs> oh, big mistake. Right? How does this happen? But then we went, uh, we drove up into the mountains to gather rose petals. So it's just about this time of year that we go and gather a bunch of rose petals and we're super careful to only take the petals, not bother the plant, not bother the uh, uh, rose hip at all because, you know, the animals eat those and we go back and gather them in the fall anyway after the first frost. Mm -hmm. uh, but we use the rose petals. Uh, some of them I wrap around my sage bundles. Some of them get uh, turned into rose water or rose uh, 
simple syrup. And then some of them are just dried and saved for spell jars or uh, bath salts later on in down the road. But anyway, so that was nice and it was gorgeous. This is, this was our view up in the mountains today. So lovely. And it was 73 oh, degrees. Yeah. We came home to 20 degrees hotter oh, than yeah. it was there. Yeah. So boo on that. But truly, I've had a great weekend. I have no nice. complaints. Yeah. Me too. We went to the new Indiana Jones movie yesterday, which was a lot of fun. Oh, did you love it? Yes, it, we did. Awesome. We loved it. It was really fun. And then today we have literally had a movie marathon and not even left our house, which was also fantastic. Score. Yes. Just needed one of those days. So yeah, it's been really, it has been a really great weekend. Wonderful. But we have so much to talk about, you guys. Oh, man. The crime so world much. has been blown up the last few days. Yeah, it has all weekend. We're like, crap, we got we got some stuff to talk about. So yeah, Katie, we're going to kick it off with you with a missing person spotlight. Yeah. Well, by now, uh, you have probably heard about Carly Russell. If you haven't, I'm going to fill you in on this very interesting kind of strange case. So, this is Carly. Carly's a nursing student. She works at a spa. And Thursday night, Carly got off work and picked up some food. This happened in Alabama, just outside of Birmingham. Picked up some food for her and her mom and talked to her mom on the phone. Told her she was on her way home. And then called her sister-in-law or her brother's girlfriend and chatted with her and she was on a highway and suddenly said something to the tunes of my god there's a child walking down the highway it was that it was night it was like after nine o'clock there's yeah. a child walking down the highway uh i i gotta stop and check on this kid and then and she said that it looked like a male uh toddler three or four years old walking down the highway in a diaper and so the sister-in-law is on the phone and hears this and she hears Carly say, hey, are you okay? And then Carly screams and then that's it. Mm. The line is still open. They can hear the uh, highway noise, but absolutely nothing after that from Carly. So Carly had already called 911 about the toddler on the road. And I kind of missed that part, sorry. But um, she had called 911. So the police were already coming and it sounds like it only took the police four or five minutes to get there. And yeah. she was gone. Her car was running. Her cell phone was there. Her Apple watch was there. Her ID and stuff was there. Uh, like somewhere on the road, right? Like, or on the side yeah, of the road. Like on the side of the road, uh, somewhere near there, there was, uh, her wig and her hat were found. I haven't been clear if they were in the car or by the car, but at any rate, her stuff was all there. Car was still running. Phone line was still open. That was just all still in place. Yeah. But no Carly. So her family obviously freaks out and is immediately, you know, trying to get national coverage and trying to get uh, search parties together. And the police, I will say to their credit, seemed to me like they took it very seriously and were right on top of it. Yeah. Um, also no sign of a child 
walking down the highway. She also was the only person that had called the police and said there was a child on the highway, which was interesting. But uh, looking at pictures and video of this highway, there's a big stand of trees that kind of makes it look like, like you'd be headed into the woods, but you're actually not. There's trees there, and then it's all residential, tons of residential. Ooh, it's okay. like a mile from her house. So for two days, wow. there's this epic manhunt for her and her family, man. They used social media like a boss to get people engaged and sharing, and her picture went everywhere. Yeah. So... Yeah, they worked yeah. really hard all over social media. TikTok oh, has worked really hard to really get her, hard. her picture and her face out there. Mm -hmm. So 25 years old, female, black. Uh, she was 5'3", 150 pounds. They said she would have been wearing a black Nike shirt and black Nike pants. Uh, like they And they knew where she was missing from exactly. Like they had a lot of info and got on it really fast. And honestly, you guys, this case made my heart sink. Because, first of yeah. all, where in the world is Carly and is she okay? But yeah. second of all, are traffickers or, like, super-duper bad guys using children or dummies or dolls that look like children as decoys to get women to stop their cars? Because right. that's terrifying. Because there have also been reports of people uh, hearing a baby crying on their front steps and opening the door to a bad situation uh, mm -hmm. that wasn't a baby. And so it's not far-fetched to me to think that somebody would come up with this thinking that women would stop. For sure. So Manhunt Friday, Manhunt Saturday, there was tons of, tons of community members and people that came out and looking for Carly, supporting the family. Like they really, people came out in spades for them as they should, as they mm -hmm. absolutely should. So they searched and they searched and they searched and they searched. And then last night, sometime around, let's see, I'm going to have to check my notes. Yeah, 10.44 p.m. last night, she came home. She walked home, walked through the front door. Yeah. And her family called the police. Uh, EMTs came right over. They took her to the hospital uh, where she was... Uh, treated it and released this morning. And we don't know what happened. We don't know. No. The family's not talking. Police are not talking. Now, there is this man that says he's her boyfriend, Tamar Simmons. And he's mm -hmm. in his post that he put on Facebook and an article from TMZ that she was literally fighting for her life for 48 hours She's physically and mentally stable again, but she's not able to give any updates or whereabouts on her kidnapper at this very moment. Mm. So that's what her boyfriend is saying. People in that area are like, wait a damn minute. Are we safe? Is right. There out here? Is there somebody trafficking children? Like, what about the child? Like, what the hell is happening? Right. Like, hey, we've got this under control. We've got all the information we need. Time is on our side now that Carly's home safe. So we've got, you know, we're, we're going to get this ironed out, but that's really pretty much all we can say right now. Mm -hmm. um, you would understand and expect, I think. But right. now, of course, the internet has gone wild with conspiracy theories and doubt. Mm -hmm. And all the same people that were posting two days ago to bring Carly home are now calling Carly a liar. 
And I mean, what? There was an actual witness that saw a very yes. tall man getting somebody into, wasn't it a brown vehicle? A or gray, gray vehicle. vehicle? A trucker yeah. said that he saw a gray vehicle stop in front of her car and a brown-skinned man uh, with, like, lighter brown skin got out uh, of the car and was present. Yeah, there was a witness. Mm -hmm. uh, but still, the conspiracy theories are flying and people are acting, well, terribly. Listen. That's ridiculous. Can't we just be happy she's safe? Know what happened. And Did let the police kidnapped? do their job? Right. Did she have a mental health break? Is this something that uh, was contrived? They're not asking for money. They're not asking for anything except no. for privacy. So to me, I don't know. And I'm not going to speculate because I think that's incredibly unfair. Right. Uh, everyone needs to take a seat, settle down, wait for the truth to roll out if it does. Because here's the thing. Mm. We're not guaranteed that. In these right. cases, and we've seen this happen lots of times before, uh, just recently, uh, that little dude that was supposedly missing that actually wasn't, that was still living with his mother, mm -hmm. we'll never really know what happened there. That kid that ran away that was gone for like a month and was found in a neighbor's house. And when the mm -hmm. police found him, his mother was with him. And he's a minor, so we're never going to know. Right. This, these things right. happen. So mm -hmm. the public says, hey, we gave our heart and soul. We we cared. We cared, so now we should know the truth. And I agree with that to some degree. I do. But the fact is we may never know what really happened to Carly or what happened during that time. I hope but we the do. Whole, right. But the whole point of caring was we just want to see her home safe. And guess yes. what? She is. Yes. She's home safe. She's home safe. And maybe we're going to hear what's happened, and maybe we aren't. But I yeah. think the best thing we can do is be glad that she is alive and absolutely and understand our role as the public our role is to care our role is to see something and say something our role is to help when somebody has befallen some kind of a bad situation unfortunately as much as our uh inquisitive brains really want to know everything sometimes you just don't get to and this may right. be one of those cases mm -hmm. uh but it's really disheartening to go on Twitter and see how many people are accusing her and her family of being dishonest. And you don't know that. We no. don't know. No. And, and, and you didn't really care if that's what you're doing. You yeah. really didn't give a shit about Carly Russell. Mm -hmm. If now, because you don't get to know the, all of the situation around her mm -hmm. and you're pissed and you can't just be grateful that she's safe and alive. I mean, Frankly, I think on. some people really, wanted her dead body to be found so that we could move into the next phase, you know? Right. Like it's really gross. It As is true. Crimers knock it off. Yeah. Well, and everybody knock it off. You know, you're yeah. not owed anything. And if you, all you want is to know the dirt around whatever happened to somebody, you, that's not caring. That's no. not caring. No. The people who just wanted her home and safe and are glad that she's home and safe. That's caring about someone mm -hmm. taking and it further than that. That's, and Just what gross. we do know is that we don't know. And so mm -hmm. at, as of this taping, we don't know. No more information has come out from her family than what we have shared. No more information has come from the police than what we have shared. More will come out. So please understand how the internet works. This is, you know, Sunday night. It's 9 p.m. Mountain. And this is what we know. When more information comes out, yep. 
you know, if you decide to have to come onto this video and tell us we need to do our research, I will probably be rude to you because I'm tired of that. Understand yeah. how the That's internet why we works. do a live update show every Wednesday. Yeah. But for now, this is what we recorded. know. So I'll hop off my soapbox now. I've just been appalled today at what I've seen out of people that, yeah, that God, just be glad she's home safe and that her family doesn't get to be destroyed by her. No murder or never knowing what happened to her right it's She's bad like, enough hey, what has you know happened? how rare it is for someone in a situation like hers to come home safe incredibly it's rare, rare. yeah chances were much more likely they would find her body one detail so, i did miss there God. was apparently a call to a family member that she was at a place called the red roof inn and her family did go there but there wasn't any sign of her and that right. was earlier in the evening on Saturday. So that's what we know. So, Carly, we're so grateful you're home safe and that you're okay. Yes. And uh, much love to her and her family. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Let's Definitely. calm down. Yeah. So with that, I'm going to kick the mic back over to you to talk yes. about quite the updated serial killer case. Right. Well, we've been talking about Lisk for 13-ish years now. Yeah. Lisk stands for the Long Island Serial Killer. Mm-hmm. Well, what has happened at the is that the police have arrested who they are calling the Gilgo Beach Serial Killer. So yeah. Lisk, that was attributing the murders of 10 adults and a child to the same killer. Because there was a thought all along that all, this is um, that all of the bodies found in that Gilgo Beach area in Long Island um, were killed by the same person. It's looking like yeah. that's not that's not the case. And I will say that when we did this case previously, we said that too. We really didn't think it was all one person. Yeah. But what we have is someone who has been arrested for three cases. And um, now looking at, um, a, a, and potentially a fourth. Uh-huh. So let's talk about it because this is huge news. This is a case that has been looked at over and over and over again. There have been um, uh, documentaries done. I mean, this has been a case that has been covered a lot and there's oh, yeah. actually have someone who's now arrested and his name yeah. is Rex Hewerman. So let me show you Rex. This is Rex. Yikes. Yeah. So Rex is an architect in his office is in Manhattan, but he lives in Massapequa, which is a town not far at all from Gilgo Beach, like 15 minutes. Oh. Yeah. So let's talk about, um, first, I want to give you the names of the victims that he is um, suspected of killing because there are, there are 11 victims out there, but there are four that he has, um, that he's either being investigated for or has actually been charged for that is these four beautiful women right here and they are um from the top across maureen brainerd barnes they're still investigating him on maureen 
but Maureen, uh, her body was wrapped in uh, burlap, thrown to the side of the road, a lot like the other three women. And so it's likely that he will face charges for, for Maureen. Then there's uh, Melissa Bartholomew, uh, Megan Waterman, and Amber Lynn Costello. So he's charged with Melissa, Megan, and Amber and being investigated for Maureen's death. I can't even tell you what a big deal this is. And if you have followed yeah. the Lisk case, you know what a big deal this is because this has been cold for quite a long time, or at least it appeared to be cold for a long time. But it turns out police have had their eye on Hewerman for quite a while. And the reason for that, well, one reason is because of this vehicle right here. That is a black, what's it called, Katie? Uh, avalanche. Avalanche. Toyota Avalanche, right? Toyota? No, it's not Toyota. It's a Chevy. 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 Yeah. A black Chevy Avalanche. So when Megan went missing, her pimp actually said, told the police, that the last time he saw her, she got into a black Chevy Avalanche. Well, guess who was driving a black Chevy Avalanche at the time? Rex Hureman. Hmm. Um, all four of these women were working as escorts at the time that they went missing. Rex is well known to um, patronize uh, sex workers. That's been a, a known thing for him for a long time. So that was kind of the first lead they had. And, and there's a lot we don't know exactly about how they came to Rex, but I'll tell you what we do know. We knew about that vehicle. Then we also knew that um, Melissa, Melissa Bartholomew, her phone was used to call her younger sister and harass her after she went missing. Oh, no. And this man would call her and tell her that he had murdered her sister, that he had sexually assaulted her, was really graphic and scary. Um, and he seemed to be really getting a rise out of it. And that went on for a little while. Shit. Well, her phone was pinging right near his Manhattan office. Really? He works as an architect. Wow. Yeah. So they started uh, surveilling Rex Hurman. So they knew that he was frequenting um, sex workers. They knew that he had owned that uh, Chevy Avalanche. And they knew that his office was near where these, um, where that those phone calls were happening. Uh -huh. So one day, Rex threw away a pizza box in the trash while the police were watching him. And they took the pizza, they took the box, and there was crust in it, like he'd, you know, you don't always eat the crust. He'd left some crust in the box. Sure. So they got some DNA testing on that pizza crust because they have one hair, one hair. Yeah. And it, there is a, there was a mitochondrial DNA match between the hair and the pizza crust. So that wasn't a de definitive match, but it was close enough for them that they can then get a definitive match by testing him. Yeah. So that was another step closer. There are three other hairs um, on the, in the wrapping of the, the uh, burlap wrapping of the victims. Yeah. That belong 
to Huberman's wife, Victoria. Yeah. Now, she is not a suspect. Um, They have been able to corroborate that she, in fact, uh, was out of town um, when all three of those were. Or even out of the country. Like, she was gone. Yeah. She was. She wasn't anywhere near. No. Um, But they think this may be secondary transfer. And so that's another, you know, who's going to get secondary hair transfer from Victoria Huberman, other than someone who lives with her, right? Right. So... They have felt like they've been watching Rex for a while. I don't know exactly how long, but long enough to do all this and get the DNA back and to check out Victoria, you know, lots of stuff. So they, he's been, you know, visiting um, sex workers and they kind of felt like he was starting to escalate and they were worried that if they didn't arrest him now, that he might actually kill again. Yeah. These murders were actually between 2007 and 2010. Uh-huh. So we don't know if he's killed anyone between there no. um, yet, but those four bodies that were dumped in the same place uh, is what he's being connected to right now. Yeah. So he is arrested. Uh, he did go before a judge and was given, uh, he pled not guilty and apparently did a lot of crying in court that he has nothing to do with any of this. Now, of course, he is innocent until proven guilty. These are alleged, you know, these are charges. They're not convictions. Sure. Um, although there's some pretty compelling information going on here. Yeah. I want to show you a picture of him because in comparison to some police, because this dude is humongous. Oh, he's Look a giant. Him. Yeah. Look at how tall he is a head taller or more than the police that are there with him. Mm-hmm. And and possibly attorneys, I'm not sure, but he's handcuffed and being walked. So he's, you know, likely there's an officer there. But the guy in front of him, he's like two heads taller than him. He's a lot yeah. taller than him. But he's, he's a enormous. humongous dude. Yeah. yeah. So let me tell you a little bit more. What, what do we know about him? Well, one thing, the, um, the police commissioner, when they, they did a press conference after he was arrested, says that he is a demon that walks among us, a predator that ruined families. Which is very scary, but I do think we have to be careful and remember he's not convicted of anything yet. Yeah. Um, What he's alleged to have done, yes, horrendous. Also, the things that they are finding out about him. So one of the things that, well, several things we know. First of all, he has permits for 92 guns. Holy shit. Yeah. Now, we don't know if he shot any of his victims because only one of them um, was not skeletal remains when she was found. Uh So we don't know if guns were used in those murders because they don't actually have causes of death. Yeah. Um, But apparently he has a very large gun safe in his home, but he has 92 permits for firearms. That is insanity. I'm so confused by... Doesn't that set off an alarm bell for anyone? Like genuinely, those of you who are gun owners, do you own 92 guns? Yeah. And if you do, can you tell me why? Like our dad owned guns. He was a hunter. Right. He had maybe 10 and that seemed like maybe not even that many. Like (laughs) 92 guns. That's a lot of freaking guns. That's a lot of money. It's a huge amount of money. You think about how expensive, especially depending on the guns that he bought. 
No wonder he was living in a shithole. He had that many guns that he That's had paid for. Thing. So in his neighborhood, pretty nice upscale neighborhood where he lives, except for his house, which is very rundown and creepy. Creepy to the point that the kids in the neighborhood won't trick or treat that house. Uh, the person delivering mail there has always found that house to be creepy. Like it's very run down and not cared for in a neighborhood where everybody else's houses are. And this dude is an architect. Right. Wouldn't you think an architect would want to have a really nice home? Like that's sort of part of their reputation. You know, I don't, he wasn't building yeah. homes. He was building other things. But still, like I can't imagine mm -hmm. an architect not having like a really stellar looking place. Priorities. Yeah. He had a really creepy, he, their house was sort of the creepy house in the neighborhood. Uh, all the neighbors that they have talked to say that they really hardly know the Hurmans at all, that they're very quiet and keep to themselves. They don't really talk to anybody. They're not friendly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they are kind of, they are the people that get avoided quite a lot yeah. because they're just kind of strange. Mm -hmm. So there's that. So of course, you know, neighbors are like, yeah, we're not that prize because he's kind of weird mm -hmm. uh let's see so of course he's been seeking out sex workers and you know police were worried that he might actually kill somebody again mm -hmm. and wanted to make sure that that couldn't happen yeah um he uses fictitious email addresses fake identities and burner phones now he is frequenting sex workers and people genuinely you know they do that mm -hmm. because you know where he lives um sex work is illegal uh but apparently he had these burner phones that they've now been able to link some of the burner phones back to the victims when he made his appointment with them interesting he used one okay. of his burner phones to do that so there's a lot of evidence here this case is going to remind us i think a lot of the valo daybell case in the fact that there's a lot of information that's going to be digital yeah. geofencing and you know phone gps and all of that stuff mm -hmm. google searches that, mm -hmm. uh, the google, google searches. searches oh guys i pulled them up get, oh good yeah so he was and these google searches were happening on burner phones he was using the burners not only to communicate with uh sex workers but he was also using them to do these searches of things like why could law enforcement not trace the calls made by the Long Island serial killer? Why hasn't the Long Island serial killer been caught? Or Long Island serial killer, Long Island serial killer phone call, Long Island serial killer update, Long Island serial killer update 2022, FBI active serial killers, serial killers by state, state 2023, map of all known serial killers, unsolved serial killers, uh, America's five most notorious cold, uh, old cases, 11 currently active serial killers, eight terrifying active serial killers that we can't find. Uh, John Bitroff, I don't know for sure who that is. Megan Waterman, Melissa Bartholomew, Maureen Brainerd Barnes, his victims, um, and then some names of relatives of his victims. Um, cops launched Gilgo Beach Homicide Investigation Task Force, mapping the Long Island murder victims inside the Long Island serial killer and Gilgo Beach, the Gilgo Beach killer, Criminal Minds, which there is a Criminal Minds episode, 
Um, the Long Island serial killer investigation, new phone technology may be key to break in case. These are all things he searched. He also searched for absolutely horrific pornographic information that I'm not going to say out loud because most of it is about minors. Oh, God. So there's a lot of concern about who all are his victims. He has right. a son and a daughter. We don't know. There's very much we don't know about his family and we want to leave them alone because yeah. all of these murders happened while they were out of town. All of them. They were gone somewhere, visiting family, on vacation, doing something. He's home alone. And what does he do? He murders someone. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that this dude is a piece of shit. As a dad, as a husband, abusive. I'm sure there's stuff there. Mm-hmm. But did his family know he was the Long Island serial killer? No. no. As far as we can tell, absolutely not. And, you yeah. know, this is very early in the game. He was only arrested a couple of days right. ago. Uh, so it's very early. There's there's going to be so much more come out. But the, the police have a lot on him. They have been working very hard to make sure that when they arrest him, they arrest him with enough to hold him forever. Oh, yeah. They have done their work. Which yeah. I, is really appreciative. I'm really appreciative of that because... Um, as long as this has gone on, as cold as this case has become, you want to be 100% sure yeah. that they can keep this guy forever. Yeah. Um, apparently, when he was in court, he just met his attorneys like at court. They hadn't really be able, been able to talk to him. Mm-hmm. At court, he broke down in tears in front of his lawyers and insisted he was innocent. Uh, he was ordered held without bail. He pled not guilty to three counts of murder in the first degree and three counts of murder in the second degree. Um, Michael Brown, who is one of his attorneys, said, we just got appointed on this case. There's not much I can tell you folks at this point in time. I will say to you folks that it's extremely circumstantial in nature. There's a lot of circumstantial stuff. And then there's some very not circumstantial stuff Mm -hmm. like the hairs and the DNA. Um, That's pretty tough to dispute. Right. Uh, He said, in terms of speaking to my client, the only thing I can tell you is that he did say as he was in tears that I didn't do this. So let's see. So, I mean, at this point now, we're just going to see this all get put together. Right. We're just going to see it all roll out. Yeah. I mean, the affidavit was huge. The arrest affidavit was it's ra- huge. 50 or it's more pages long. Graphic. Yeah. 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 It's, oh, 32 it's page a lot indictment. of indictments. 32. 32 page. Yeah. yeah. It's really big. It's very detailed. There's a lot of stuff here. Um, so one of the hairs that was recovered that is his wife's was in, the, in a belt. So the victims were wrapped in... Um, burlap and then they had a belt around them to hold the burlap together and uh so his wife's hair was in the buckle of one of those belts um some of the hair was found on tape so where have we heard that before right we have heard that before interesting so interesting there's also one female hair 
that is un unidentified on one of the bodies. Oh, is that hair maybe a different sex worker, possibly, or something like that? That was like my that? thought, too. Yeah. But yeah, there's definitely some secondary transfer, which is interesting because there's only one body that has the hair of Rex Hureman. Mm-hmm. So... We're going to see a lot more roll out with this, but there are some things that we're learning about Rex. Well, one thing we're learning is that Rex's brother, Craig, killed the police captain with his car in 1988. Wow. He was high on cocaine at the time, and it was during like a DUI stop, mm -hmm. and he hit and killed a police officer. Wow. I don't know exactly what jail time he did or um, or anything, but that's kind of just interesting, you know? Yeah. More than one family member who's a murderer. Strange. Mm -hmm. And then, Katie, tell us a little bit about the uh, insurance game he's been running. Yeah, this is pretty wild. So, apparently, he's been big on going to court for insurance uh, claims after accidents. And he's had a lot of accidents, which is very weird. So over the last nine years, he has had four separate lawsuits over car accidents, three of which he has sued for $5 million. That's so uh, the first weird. one happened in 2013 on Halloween. He claimed that a cabbie ran over his foot and that he needed five months of treatment to heal his foot. And he sued for $5 million, and that case was settled out of court. And in 2016, he supposedly was in an accident with someone named Cynthia Darlene Martin uh, and also filed mm -hmm. a claim against her for $5 million. But uh, in an interview with the New York Post, she told them she has no idea anything about that and that she believes the case was just dropped. Mm. Then in 2017, he claims he was seriously hurt while walking home uh, from the Massapequa uh, train station and that a neighbor hit him with her car. She says she was going about five miles an hour and that he walked right out in front of her and that it was a very mm -hmm. minor dust up. He sued her for $5 million and settled it for about $55,000. So and then, sweet. if that's not enough, there's a new one from 2022, where supposedly a Long Island couple slammed into him and his 2012 uh, Chevy uh, that left him with serious injuries yet again. And that is an ongoing case where he is uh, seeking, uh, we don't know how much this time. I'm going to say $5 billion. Probably. But how weird how is that? He just keeps having these accidents that are someone else's fault, and then he sues them for $5 million every time? Well, what the hell? I mean, the guy was searching to see if they were figuring out it was him that's the Lisk mm -hmm. killer or the Gilgo Beach serial killer. And yet he keeps involving himself in the court system. You'd think you'd better just like stay as far away from the legal system right. as possible. On the DL as possible, but no. If you, you know, had done things like this. I don't yeah. know. Very it's all weird. really strange. Mm -hmm. 
I haven't seen an interview yet with anyone who has a close relationship with Rex Hurman. Doesn't seem like people do. And maybe we'll get to some, but we haven't seen a lot of like anybody that really knew him personally. Right. Neighborhood wise, nobody did. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, his family is not talking, which of course they're not. Of course they're not. Yeah. Um, he was in this group with um, other architects that they called the Dream Team. That was apparently a group of really successful, supposed to be super hooty um, architects. I'm very curious to hear what his coworkers think about this situation because, you know, we're not really hearing anything to give us any kind of a picture of what this guy is like, you know? And maybe he just really stayed arm's length with everybody to make sure that um, that just didn't happen. Yeah. He had um, images on his phone of um, like of a sexual nature of women who who had or were being injured. Uh, that seemed to be a thing that he liked. Something like he did some searches for women with facial bruising, which is what? just hideous to think about. Victoria, are you okay? I mean, what right. the hell? I know. I have real concerns about his family. Yeah. And what they have probably been through, been through with him. And this may be the best thing that's ever happened to them to get away from him. I, I honestly don't know. But this all points to him being a pretty sadistic person. Yeah. Just just those things that we know, like images on his devices and stuff yeah. that were really shocking. And now they're connecting him to those taunting uh, phone calls that yeah. one of his victim's sister was getting. And I remember there's a, there's a, um, there's a Lisk um, Netflix documentary where they focus a lot on um, the one gal, Melissa, and it was her sister that was getting those phone calls. I believe, don't quote me, I'm, I might be off on that, but I'm pretty sure it was Melissa Bartholomew that was, that was about and how traumatic that was for her family. Oh my God, that that's he was horrifying. making these phone calls and calling from her phone. So can you imagine your phone rings and it's your dead sister calling right. you and it's the man who murdered her calling to taunt you. Just horrifying. Unbelievable. I mean, every horrible thing you could imagine that a serial killer of this level would do, he is being accused of. Yeah. So... The good news is he's sitting in jail on no bail. Yeah. That's the best thing that could possibly happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't know if he's going to be charged in Maureen's murder, but they're certainly investigating him still in that particular case. I think they were trying to get all four of them ready before they actually arrested him, but they started to get worried that somebody else was going to lose their life to him Mm -hmm. because of his behavior that he was there were behaviors that they were the surveillance people were noticing were like we're getting worried that he mm. might do something and they didn't want to risk someone right. else being murdered right my god as long as he gets put away forever yeah that's what yeah. we need right let's just protect the community yeah if if he's the person that did this then that's what needs to happen yeah so this is probably the first of many conversations that we're going to have about Rex Hurman yep. and about the Gilgo Beach uh, murders and where we're at now. But I think for a lot of people that have followed this case for more than a decade, this is a yeah. 
this is a big day. And yeah. for law enforcement that have been looking for this guy. For oh, man. Time, this is and a big day. For them huge too. props to them. Yeah. There has been a task force working, a new task force working on this case for a while, a few years now. And obviously they have really done their homework. So they've Clearly. got, I think, a lot more on him than we even know, I, I would imagine. I'm sure that's not true. Release everything. That's just no. not the case. They're they're going to hold some stuff back for trial. Yeah, for sure. But yay, yeah, he's off the streets. We'll take he's it. He's the guy. People are safe from him, and that is where where we want it to be. Yep. Yeah. So this is our Monday episode. We're going to be at, back with some more episodes this week, and then we'll be back on Wednesday night for Wednesday night case updates. And then after case updates is our. Uh, watch party. That is for members of our YouTube channel. Uh -huh. So you can join our YouTube channel. There's a place to join. It's on the homepage of our True Crime Squad uh, YouTube channel. We watch an episode together and we haven't released what it's going to be yet because we haven't decided yet, but we will let you know what episode it's going to be. It'll be a show on Netflix. So it'll be uh -huh. A true crime documentary of some sort. We'll watch it together. We'll be able to chat together. You're going to watch it on your own TV and chat with us. Uh -huh. in, in um, And we in did this last episode. month and it was very fun. Yeah. We did the first episode oh. of Killer Sally and it was awesome. We had a good time. Yeah. So we're excited about that. Yeah. The other crazy thing that's going on is that I have to report for jury duty on Tuesday morning. Yes. I don't know what case. I don't know anything about it. And of course, if I get on the jury or whatever I find out, I can't tell you until yeah. after the case is done. Uh, but very interesting timing um, yeah. for me and after having followed the Lori Vallow trial so closely and all of these other trials. Yeah. Now, maybe I actually get to sit through one, which I hope that I do. I, I really want to do it. You know, I, I, I am an advocate for fair treatment and for... Um, you know, people being innocent until proven guilty and getting all of their rights respected. And sure. I, I would be happy to be able to do that for any case. So I'm very curious. I have no I just idea hope that Thomas or Archibald is the attorney on the defense side. It could very well be. I mean, I know. It could we live in a small be. place. Mm -hmm. There aren't that many um, attorneys. So, you know, we'll see if I get on the jury or not. I don't know what Unless they will civil. see. It's criminal. It's criminal. It is district criminal. Court. You know that. Okay. Yeah, it is criminal. It's district court, so that's criminal court. Um. So yeah, I don't know, guys. I'm. I have to report on Tuesday for voir dire. If that sounds familiar yeah. to anyone else, that's the term that got thrown around a lot during the Lori Vallow case, and that's mm -hmm. part of jury selection. So I am pre-qualified as a juror with a, a questionnaire I filled out online. I'm sure it's much more in depth than that now. So yeah. When I can share about that, I will. What are they going to say when they ask what your profession is and you tell them that you're a true crime podcaster? I'm just going to say podcaster. And then if they ask me further, I will tell them. Mm -hmm. And I will tell them that I am a big fan of the legal system and, and watching it work and watching it work correctly. And that mm -hmm. I always want people's rights to be protected and for fair trials to occur. And yeah. that I want to listen to all of the evidence. And, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I have no idea. No idea. Interesting. It's only yeah. the second time I've ever been called. And the first time I was working as a social worker and had some familiarity with the victim's family. So, or not the victim, the offender's family. So yeah. I couldn't be on that jury. Yeah. I have no idea what this one is. So we'll see. Very interesting. So Ooh, we shall see. 
yeah so uh happy monday or whatever other day you might be listening to or watching <laughs> this episode please be sure to uh like subscribe follow share comment uh leave us a review on apple if you can um or anywhere else that allows that because that sure helps us to grow and we appreciate it very much <laughs> and uh you know what we are the true crime squad thanks for being here take care Thank you.